Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Golden Guardians podcast. It is a Versus System TCG podcast where we talk about competitive deck strategies and cards for the game. And with me today is, of course, the man with the plan whose name is not Stan, Mr. Jacob Wheeler. Jacob, how are you doing today? Jacob, hey, yeah, it's not Stan. I couldn't imagine if my name was Stan. I'm sorry for everyone's name that's Stan out there. It's just... <laughs> I don't know. It was just something that I just came up with name. on the top of my yeah. head, and I couldn't even really think of something clever. But I promise it... for you, for the season finale, I'll come up with, like, something. Like, the best <laughs> introduction I've done for you on the podcast so far. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. You know, anytime, like, I have two kids, and, like, it, each time we've had to name our kid, we've tried to, like, make fun of like our kid's name obviously you know before the kid was born to make sure that it wasn't a name that would give them a hard time in school or anything like that oh yeah so. you can't name him bart because the kids will make fun of him call him like dart fart mart right right and i mean we just you we really have to put ourselves in like a a child's body to you know or a child's brain really to try and like make fun of something else it's pretty funny we should have recorded it pretty <laughs> awesome oh that's great so if you're tuning in with us on our last episode, we were talking about a deck called the Xbox deck, which is kind of like a X-Men themed deck that has a bunch of like uh, X-Men weenie characters that you eventually get to pump up to a big attack and you get to do stuff with that. Well, the deck that we're going to showcase for you today is a deck that's kind of similar to that, where you have a, like a you have like a bunch of characters that have synergies with each other. And this deck is called Black Bamboo. Now, Jacob, you when you showed me this deck list, I thought this is another kind of interesting deck where we have, you know, like maybe one copy of a certain character as opposed to having multiple copies. And this is a deck that really, you know, I feel like it goes in all on one character. And maybe you could talk a little bit more about the deck. This deck is... Uh, it, it goes with that argument where, like, the uh, Marvel Universe set, you know, how, like, everyone says that it makes, like, the game boring. Uh, this this deck kind of goes all in on a concept that's basically a counter-argument to that. Um, this deck's so fun, man. Uh, basically, Black Bolt is the centerfold of the deck. Um, and we're going to basically make him as large as possible with his ability, and we'll talk more about it, but he'll get plus one, plus one for each non-scroll affiliation he has. So, we're, you know, this deck finds a way to give Black Bolt just a ton of affiliations, and, um, you know, just goes all in on that concept, and, and it's, a, it's a fun deck, man. All right, very good. And also, I forgot to tell our viewers, too, that I, this is the first time I'm recording with my new microphone, so leave some comments in the... YouTube channel and let me know how this new mic is working out. So I definitely have a different setup for this episode. But with that being said, we're going to do our same, you know, structure that we do for every episode, which is we do the deck profile where we talk about all the cards in the deck. Jacob is also going to do a segment where he talks about the strategy of the deck and like what you should do with certain characters and things like that. And then we'll conclude it with our frequently asked questions FAQ segment. And with that, Jacob, are you ready to jump into the deck? Let's hit it. Okay, guys, first up, we've got our one drops. We're going to jump straight into it with kind of the star of the deck. Uh, it's Black Bolt, Enemy Within. It's from uh, Marvel Universe. He's one one cost character. He's zero attack, 
zero defense. He's got flight and range. And here's the crazy thing. He can come into play in the concealed or in the visible area, which is pretty sweet. Um, and we'll talk more about that later. But his effect is he gets plus one, plus one for each non-scroll affiliation he has. And he's Inhumans and scroll. So he'll come into play as a 1-1 one, one because Inhumans is the non-scroll form. But we'll uh, we'll get into ways to make him a lot bigger. All right, next we got Mystique. It's one cost. Um, we've talked about Mystique before in our other podcast episodes. Um, she's Marauder's Brotherhood, Reservist. She's one attack, two defense with range. And Mystique has all character names while in your hand, uh, deck, and KO pile. Next, we have Orb. This is going to be from uh, the Marvel Knights Concealed Underworld. One cost, zero attack, one defense. Uh, basically, you can the, the point of Orb is that you can activate discarded character with Concealed and draw a card. Uh, Orb has another ability that we'll never use. Um, that's to activate, and uh, hidden characters you control get plus one attack this attack. Moving on with our one cost, we have Time Broker. Now, Time Broker has Shift. So 1-1 one, one Exiles and Weapon X is his affiliations. And he has a really unique ability. Um, you can remove a shift counter from Time Broker and shift into play target shifted card you own with shift counters equal to its cost and less than or equal to the number of resources you control. And you can only do this during the combat phase. Essentially what's happening is while Time Broker is shifted away, you can remove a shift counter from him and shift into play something else that you could usually shift in on your recruit step, but you can do it during the combat phase. But as it's shifted in, you know, the uniqueness rule will still apply. So, you know, if you, like, let's say you have a vision in play and you use Time Broker to shift in a second copy of vision during the combat phase, the first vision will, you know, will be KO'd from the uniqueness rule. So, um, you know, just keep that in mind. Next, we have Professor X, Mutant Messiah. It's going to be a one cost with Concealed, Star Jammers, and X-Men. I don't know if you're starting to pick up on, um, Brandon, if you're starting to pick up on this, but each each character that we're starting to name, especially the ones that are Concealed, they're going to have like two affiliations that, for the most part, don't mix with each other. Yeah. So, Star Jammers and X-Men. Whenever an opponent plays a non-ongoing plot twist, return Professor X to its owner's hand. If you do negate that plot twist effect, he's a 1-1 one, one with range as well. So he's mainly going to be there to kind of protect things and um, negate plot twists. Alpha Primitives is our next one-cost character. This is going to wrap up the one-cost. He's got Inhumans and Negative Zone. He's concealed. He's a 2-attack, 1-defense. Um, this is going to be from the Marvel Her Heralds of Galactus set. You can discard him from your hand. Return a face-down resource you control to its owner's hand. And if you do, you can put a card from your hand face-down into your resource row. Basically, discard Alpha Primitives Terraform. This is essentially what this right. card does. Alright, so that wraps up our one cost, and we'll go ahead and move on to our two costs. Caliban Pestilence coming in hot is our first two drop we're going to talk about. He is from MEV. We've featured him on a couple podcast episodes already. He is a two attack, three defense with shift. He's X Factor and Horseman of Apocalypse. 
And while Caliban is shifted with two shift counters, opponents can't draw cards from effects they control. Um, and then this doesn't include the normal draw. So, uh, you know, Caliban's going to shut down a lot of combo decks out there, um, and it really makes sense, especially with his dual affiliation and with Orb in the deck, it really makes sense to have him in there. So, yeah, he's, in my opinion, must have a really, really good card for Golden Age. The last of our two drops is going to be Viper, Madam Hydra. Now, Viper is Crime Lords and Hellfire Club. She's concealed. She's 3 attack, 3 defense, which is like my favorite stats for a 2-drop. I love 3-3-2-drops. Three, three, um, I think they're pretty high in stats. Now, Viper can attack hidden characters and can't attack physical characters. Moving into our 3-drops, Blade Independent Contractor is another card that's really going to support Black Bolt a lot. Um, so, Blade Independent Contractor is a 3-cost character from Marvel Universe. He's shielded Marvel Knights. He's Reservist. And Blade can attack hidden characters. And whenever Blade attacks a character, you may have that character's controller move it to his other area. And that's going to kind of move things out of the way and pave the way for Black Bolt. Very, very good card. I love Blade in this deck. Doctor Doom, Richard's rival. Three drop, Doom character. He's got range, five attack, four defense. He's from the Marvel Herald's Galactus set. And when Doctor Doom comes into play, you may search your deck for a plot twist card reveal it, shuffle your deck, and then put that plot twist on top of your deck. Uh, he has a second effect. He can You can KO a character you control and replace a resource you control. So you can, you know, that plot twist that you just grabbed, if you need it right now, you can go ahead and do the switcheroo, get that into your, um, into your resource row. That really should be a keyword coin term, switcheroo. All right, next we've got Vision 3-drop. This is going to be another really, really important uh, guys, star of the show of the deck, outside of Black Bolt and Orb. He is from Marvel Evolutions, three-cost character. He's Weapon X and Avengers. Now, very important that we note that he's Weapon X for later. He's got Shift, and we can remove a Shift counter from Vision and put him into the KO pile and draw two cards. Speaking of drawing cards, we have Barbara Gordon Oracle. Um, she's also a three-cost. She's going to be Birds of Prey and Gotham Knights. And she's Concealed and Substitute. Important to keep that in mind off the substitute. Um, three attack, three defense. Super low stats, but that's okay. She'll be in the concealed area. She's from the DC's World Finest set. And she has an ability you can free and draw a card. And you can only use this power once per turn. My favorite three drop in the game. Is she, is she your favorite three yes, drop? Yes, absolutely. I, I can't tell you how many decks I've played with her. And she's really good in the World's Finest deck, in my opinion. But it's just, you know, you play her on turn three, you draw a free card every turn. Like, what's so bad about that? Right, right. All right, next we have, this is going to wrap up our three-cost characters. We have Submariner, Protector of the Time Gem. He is from Marvel Universe, uh, obviously three-cost. And he is Infinity Watch and Atlantis. And we can exhaust two different members of the Illuminati you control and put a card from your KO pile on top of your deck, any card. And you can only use this power once per turn. Now, here are the members of the Illuminati. They are, Brandon, you want to take this? Do you know this off the top of your head? Okay, Quiz time, so I believe time. it's Submariner, Professor X, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, and Mr. Fantastic. Dang, dude, you're good. I don't. I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. But if no, I am, no, I'm sorry. Good, <laughs> no, that was it. 
Oh, wait, I think Black Bolt might be part of it, if I didn't mention him before. I, I think you did, but yes, okay. Black Bolt, okay. for sure. Um, so in, in our deck here, we have Submariner, we have Professor X, the one drop we mentioned earlier, and we have Black Bolt. We have three members of the Illuminati. You're probably not going to be exhausting Black Bolt. You're probably going to be um, punching holes through faces with him. But um, it is nice to know that you can exhaust Submariner and Professor X in a pinch. And what's also cool is Professor X doesn't activate to use his ability. So you can exhaust Submariner, Professor X, and still return Professor X to your hand to negate a plot twist, which is also really good to note. Moving on to our four-cost characters. Now, this guy acts as kind of like a fifth Black Bolt. He's really cool. Um, Ethan Edwards is four-cost. He's Scroll and Spider-Friends. He's uh, Ethan Edwards' visitor from another world. And he's a seven attack, seven defense with Cosmic. And Ethan Edwards gets plus one attack for each team affiliation he has. Um, now, he won't get plus one, plus one, but he will just, like Black Bolt does, but he will get the plus one attack, which is going to be really, really nice later on, and, and we'll obviously explain why. Moving on to our five-cost characters, we have Sunfire Famine. This guy's going to be from Marvel Evolution. He is Marauders and Horsemen of Apocalypse. He is an eight attack, ten defense, with flight and range. And he has shift. He's concealed. And when Sunfire is shifted at the start of the combat phase, you may exhaust target character with a cost less than the number of shift counters on Sunfire. Now, we, you can imagine, especially early game, we can use Sunfire to kind of exhaust certain characters so that we can uh, stop our opponent from reinforcing, right? So you're probably seeing a theme a lot of these characters are dual affiliation. Most of them are concealed, and they have an ability that in some way supports Black Bolt uh, getting through to combat or protecting scenarios where Black Bolt would be harmed. Speaking of shutting things down, our next five drop is going to be Lex Luthor, Metropolis, Mogul. Mogul? Mongol? Mogul. Metropolis, Mogul. Mogwai. <laughs> wow seriously is it really no you're just messing with me okay he is uh he is injustice gang revenge squad he is from which set is he from again he's from, from dc legends i believe is he from dc yeah. legends yeah and actually he is, he's, he's one of the cards that i showed in my um in the spider stall episode you know the deck that i shared on the episode yeah. i think he was yeah. there was one copy of him in that deck as well he's really good man um he is really really good for you you know people talk about golden age being out of hand um and like kind of overwhelming and, and all that jazz but lex luther really helps uh people deal with some of the craziness in golden age because everything is so sporadic and chaotic so he is in justice gang and revenge squad he's a nine attack ten defense and your opponent can't use the payment powers of characters or equipments which is fantastic very very good card Next, we have uh, Morbius, Shadow of the Vampire. This guy's from Marvel Team-Up. He is Underworld and Spider-Friends. He's got dual loyalty, you're, I, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, you're never going to play him in this deck. Uh, you're just going to put him straight into the graveyard, and we'll explain why later. But um, he's got dual loyalty and concealed optional. 10 attack, 10 defense with flight, and whenever Morbius stuns a character, you gain endurance equal to that character's cost. Moving into our six drops, we have Wolverine Unleashed. This guy's going to be from Marvel Evolution. Uh, he has Weapon X and X-Force. 
and he has Hunter. And uh, are you are you familiar with how Hunter works? Uh, yes. Uh, when a character with Hunt with Hunter comes to play, you choose a character, and that character becomes Hunter, right? I believe so. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's how it works. So characters hunted by you lose and can't have reinforcement and can be attacked as though they were visible and unprotected. So this guy is actually, you know, we talked about, oh, you're never going to play Morbius or, you know, something like that. This is one of the cards that you may actually wind up playing late game. Uh, Wolverine is so fantastic because, again, he's going to support Black Bolt getting in the most damage. And he's, you know, not bad stats himself, uh, and he's concealed, which is good. Next, we have Martian Manhunter, founding member. He is a six drop. The concealed optional keyword, how did this work once once we had DC Legends come out, Brandon? Okay, so I believe concealed optional is they used to have uh, concealed optional, like the actual text printed, but they updated it with like the symbol. So if you see on Martian Manhunter, like on the kind of like the right, the middle right of the card, there's like a little crescent moon and then like a little sun. That Yeah, Black that, Bolt has that same, yeah. Oh yeah, right, that's right. So that is like concealed optional, but if they only had conceal, only the moon would be showing, and if they were visible, then the the little sun would be showing. I believe. Are there any are there any cards that affect the keyword concealed optional? Like, do this if a character has the keyword concealed optional or something? Oh, I know that there's a couple of equipment that have that, but I can't think of characters off the top of my head. Okay. So, Martian Manhunter, he's from DC Legends. He's JLA and JLI. And, um, you know, he's he can be concealed or visible when he comes into play. Defenders you control that share an affiliation with Martian Manhunter have reinforcement. He's a 12 attack, 12 defense with flight and range. You're almost never going to play him. And he's just kind of there to uh, buff up some affiliations in the graveyard. And that's going to be it for our characters, actually. We're not going to go past uh, six costs or anything like that. And uh, next, we're going to move into our locations. All right, moving on to our locations, our one-cost locations. We got four copies of the Dark Dimension. Um, now, this is non-unique, so you can you know flip as many of these as you need to, uh, unlike other locations. Um, this is from the Marvel team-up set. It's got Terraform, which is awesome in this deck. And when you flip the Dark Dimension, put the top three cards of your deck into your KO pile, and then you can return an Underworld character card from your KO pile to your hand. Um, this is going to be, man, this is going to be one of your key cards to, um, to to getting back things from the graveyard. This is a fantastic card that's going to pair up with uh, Straight to the Grave later on. Moving on to our two-cost cards, we have four copies of Tarnax 4. And this is going to be from the... Uh, Marvel exclusive set, right? Correct. Uh, MEX? Yep. So um, this one is unique. Uh, it's non-unique. That would be bonkers if it was non-unique. Uh, but you can activate it, discard a card, and target character gets plus one attack this attack for each affiliation it has. So you're kind of putting like a mini Black Bolt effect on any character that's attacking, right? So this is going to be really good. And this is going to be really good for Viper, too, uh, going back to what we talked about with her. Other recursion cards that are also two cost. Um, we see this package uh, in in different numbers all the time. We have uh, Avalon Space Station Slaughter Swamp. Um, Avalon Space Station is two cost from Marvel Origins. You can activate it, discard a card, and uh, return target character card from your KO pile to your hand, 
or if the character you discarded was uh, Brotherhood, you can uh, Brotherhood affiliation, you can return two cards from your graveyard to your hand. And uh, we also have you know Slaughter Swamp. Uh, you know you can activate a discard a card, return target character from KO pile to your hand. And if you recruit a Secret Society character with a cost three or greater, ready Slaughter Swamp, that won't really apply here. Um, and yeah, that's that's going to be it for the two drop locations and the locations as a whole. Uh, we're, we've actually just finished with that section, and we're going to move on to our plot twist. All right, our one cost plot twist. This is going to be the the glue that binds the whole deck together. The whole point of this deck, Hypnotic Charms. This card is bonkers. This card is so good when you pair it up with Black Bolt. It's insane. So you can only play Hypnotic Charms if you control an Underworld character. It is ongoing, and affiliated characters you control and affiliated cards in your KO pile have the affiliations of each character in your KO pile in addition to their other affiliations. This card is super, super important. Most of our characters are going to be dual affiliation concealed characters, right? So, you know, Orb is going to wind up discarding, and then we're just going to start pitching stuff into the graveyard. And Hypnotic Charms is going to wind up giving Black Bolt an absurd amount of team affiliations. So this deck cannot function without Hypnotic Charms. Black Bolt is literally just going to be a 1-1. It's going to be really embarrassing. And, so, and one thing I want to add about this card as well, it's the team-up card that's actually not a team-up card. <laughs> so, right, yeah. And yeah. one also interesting, because usually they have the subtext on the title of the card if it's a team-up or not. So... You get a, this This is obviously a one-cost ongoing plot twist. So you make up for not having it be a team-up to have you play it, you know, at an earlier turn. Does that make sense? It does, it does. And fun fact, do you know why it's not a team-up? Uh, I don't, actually. It is not a team-up because this card doesn't actually affect anything in your hand. Oh. It doesn't actually cross over any team affiliations in your deck and in your hand. It only affects cards on the board and in the graveyard. That's oh. it. Oh, that makes oh that makes sense. Very, this very team up is only stuff if they're on the field. Mainly affects if their characters on the field. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, man. Um and and this is this is one of those things you, you definitely need to know this because as you're trying to build your own deck or maybe add your own spice to this, mm -hmm. um a really a really good example would be um maybe uh here here's a good example soul world right okay. which i've not so, uh, which i've noticed I believe is not soul in world this deck will, at all <laughs> yeah no no it's it's not but it can be you can totally replace slaughter swamp with soul world you know soul world can gain you to endurance well submariners in the deck and he is infinity watch so submariners in the graveyard then you know soul world should net you if i'm remembering how it's worded soul world should net you two endurance you won't lose four endurance right uh you pay four endurance to return a character card but if it's an infinity watch you only lose two right or something and, like that uh, yeah. yeah and so uh you know that's that's affecting cards in the graveyard but you know cards in your hand to say you know oh i'm gonna discard um i, I don't know uh signal flare you know, because there's a fantastic four character in your graveyard, and now hypnotic charms is you know, it won't have the it won't have the fantastic four affiliation, or even in your deck searching for something, like search your deck for a doom character, uh, Doctor Doom is in your graveyard, right? Right. Hypnotic charms won't affect those cards in your deck. 
definitely important to, to note. So speaking of which, we've got We Can Rebuild Him. This card is nuts. Um, it's two cost, two cost plot twist. Um, it's from Marvel Evolution. And to play it, you have to discard a card. And you can remove target Weapon X character card in your KO pile from the game, shifted with one shift counter. Uh, I have so many fond memories of just gaining so much value with this card. Uh, yeah, this card, you know, a lot of people are like, uh, you know, there's so many problems with uh, the later sets in Golden Age. I actually believe that we can rebuild him. Um, I don't think Vision, not so much, but we can rebuild him is definitely... Uh, it definitely shouldn't have been an uncommon. That's totally a rare um, ability. I'm really shocked that that's an uncommon. But, but on the other hand, if you think about it, okay, so you have to play this card, plus discard a card to get Vision back to draw two cards. So you're not really, I don't think you're really netting a whole lot because you're essentially discarding this card and Vision to draw just two new cards. You're right. You're not netting a whole lot. However, um, you are cycling through your deck and right. playing multiple re we can rebuild him. Uh, mm -hmm. Bosa Buddies is really good with this combination. Um, and so, yeah, maybe maybe we'll do... I think that's... Is that on the list? It's on, that's the, on list the list for okay. sometime in the future, but I don't know like where in the hierarchy we're going to talk about it, though. Okay. okay. So, moving on. We have uh, four copies of Straight to the Grave. This is going to be a two-cost plot twist. You search your deck for a character card and put it in your KO pile. And if you control Secret Society character, um, also search your deck for a non-character card and put that into the KO pile as well. And you may have heard about this card maybe you know once, twice, three times, four times on our previous episodes as well, because it just seems like we <laughs> talk about this this card every episode. With the you know obviously there's exceptions to some of them I think, but yeah, straight to the grave, like we said in my in the meta talk and versus system finance episode, definitely a card you should definitely have in your collection. You know, at least four copies if you plan on playing Golden Age for sure. Most certainly, most certainly, and this is the card that gets proxied the most too. I mean, I you know some people don't want to spend thirty dollars for a playset and and outfit thirty decks mm -hmm. <laughs> with right. straight to the grave. So you just take a permanent marker to the back of a web of Spider Man card and. Um, call it a day after you know if you own four copies of straight to the grave there's really no reason unless you're a completionist not to not to proxy because that stuff gets expensive or if you really want to be baller you can get four copies of the dco and four copies of the jla one as well That's so hardcore. if you wanted to have the cutoff head superman version you know <laughs> get the dcl yeah that is crazy isn't it mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay so Next, and this is this is the spice that I think really uh, helps the deck shine. Um, it didn't really need any help, but um, I've added this in. I haven't seen this in in any any other lists or anything like that. Um, I'm sure other people have thought about it, but you know, playing Golden Age, I just haven't seen it. And that is a Clash of Worlds. This is a three cost plot twist from. Is it DC exclusive? Uh, yes. Okay, and you can. Name a character. Character cards with that name are non-unique this turn. So I name... I know this is not not part of this deck, but I can name Spider-Man, and all my Spider-Man are not unique this turn. I can name Batman. Batman's not unique this turn. Or probably in this deck, Black Bolt. All of our Black true. Bolts are not unique this turn. So we have these big Black Bolts that are ready to hit hard. 
Next on our list, we have four copies of Enemy of My Enemy, which I'm pretty sure is in... Like, I don't think that you can have a Golden Age deck without having Enemy of My Enemy straight to the grade or mobilize. I, I want to say about 90% of the Golden Age decks that I've seen, even outside of the top eight, have at least one of those three, right? Yes, another card that we recommend you picking up for your Golden Age versus System Collection. Please do. Goodness gracious. Just, and just pick them it. up now before they go up too much. Yup. So, Enemy of My Enemy. Three cost uh, as an additional cost to play Enemy of My Enemy. Discard a character card. Search your deck for an affiliated character card that does not share a printed affiliation with this card. With the card you discarded. And you can reveal that, put it in your hand, and shuffle your deck. So as a general rule, you know, discard an affiliated character, search your deck for a different affiliation. You can search your deck. You can discard a no affiliated character to search for an affiliated character, but you can't discard an affiliated character to search for a non-affiliated character. As a general rule of thumb for enemy of mind enemy. Next, we have four copies of Pathetic Attempts. You guys should already know what this does. Uh, it's four cost plot twist from the Coming of Galactus set, and you can negate target effect targeting you or a card in play you control. Okay, so that is the Black Bamboo deck profile. And next, Jacob is going to talk about some of the strategies of the deck. So now that we have the screen kind of um, fixed and sorted out a little bit, we're going to have um, Orb and Hypnotic Charms. This is going to be a really, really important combination here. And this is actually your mulligan condition. It's not Black Bolt. Because Black Bolt's useless without uh, Hypnotic Charms. And you can't actually flip Hypnotic Charms without having an Underworld character. So grabbing that orb is going to be super, super important. Uh, we can activate orb to discard uh, concealed characters and draw a card. We need a 20-sided dice, and you need it off on the side next to your, grave, your KO pile so that you can actually keep up with how many affiliations are in your KO pile, right? Oh, that way idea. we know how big Black Bolt's going to get. Yeah, so as we, as we activate orb, we discard Professor X. That dice goes up to two, right? And then we draw a card discarding with orb and then adding two to the dice if that's how many you know affiliations that you're you're gonna have and then hopefully black bolt's gonna come out we're gonna flip hypnotic charms and the main concept and idea is that we're gonna get black bolt huge and then we're gonna use supporting characters like time broker time broker is super important we're gonna use uh you know time broker gets shifted out and during combat black bolt attacks you use time broker's effect to shift in another Black Bolt, KOing the previous Black Bolt and attacking again. Main combinations, when you're not using a Clash of Two Worlds. Mm -hmm. Using Vision to draw two cards, and then he gets put in the KO pile, right? So now with Hypnotic Charms, every card on the board and in the KO pile has the Weapon X team affiliation. And so we can rebuild him, can actually target Black Bolt as long as Vision is in your KO pile and Hypnotic Charms is active, Ooh. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So since if you have Vision in your KO pile, maybe from a previous turn that you shifted him, and maybe on turn one you shifted him out and then drew the cards, then maybe on, for an example, like on turn two, you have, you know, you found a way to get Black Bolt into the graveyard. You can now play We Can Rebuild Him and shift out the Black Bolt and then put him in the play in the same turn. Correct. That's kind of your goal. You were right in saying that this doesn't really have a rotation, but kind of this is kind of like a really good scenario of what you're looking at. Okay, you you would go like turn one orb, 
and discard and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Then you'd go like turn two vision and then draw two cards, right? Mm-hmm. And then you may do you can rebuild him, uh, we can rebuild him for vision and draw two more cards, right? And uh, we discard orb again uh, to orb again on turn two, and now our, our graveyard's kind of piling up. Turn three, we'll use like enemy of mine to me and things like that. We'll go ahead and maybe play a black bolt, vision again, draw a couple more cards, use the orb, use straight to the grave, use the dark dimension, hypnotic charm should be up. And then on like turn four, we might have a Tarnax four, which kind of acts as another black bolt. Now we clash and we play two more black bolts. So now we have three black bolts in play, a Tarnax up. And the black bolts, I mean, you're probably looking at the black bolts easily at this point on turn four being, I don't know, a 12-12, maybe a 14-14, you know, depending on on how heavy you went. And so now we've got turn four, we've got three black bolts and we're just going in, we're just going ham with the damage. And so now all of the, you know, we'll, we'll use, you know, uh, Tarnax 4 and things like that to increase the attack. If we haven't won on turn 4, we should consistently win on turn 5. With turn 5, we might pop out, you know, uh, Sunfire shifted to, you know, exhaust something during the combat phase that Black Bolt can get through for more damage. We might play Blade and Viper together. We might play an Ethan Edwards with like a Professor X backup or an Ethan Edwards with like a Time Broker backup, and then we can rebuild him and shift out another Black Bolt for the combo on turn five. By the time turn six rolls around, Wolverine will come in and and help us a little bit with some extra damage and the reinforcement issues that we may have. You'll definitely win by turn six. You should consistently win by turn five, and some really good games that you get out there, you should win by turn four for sure. Okay, Jacob, well, thank you very much for giving us the, you know, some of the strategies of the cards and what they do. And I definitely, the last thing I want to mention before we go into our FAQ segment is I feel like this is, out of all the decks that I've seen in Versus System and on our podcast, this deck definitely has the most team affiliations that I've ever seen in a deck before. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So we are going to move on to our Frequently Asked Questions segment. And what we're going to do for this segment this week, we're just going to, you know, a lot of people have liked the questions that we've, you know, talked about in the FAQs and nobody really had any new questions for this episode. So we're just going to, we're going to ask the same questions that we did in our previous episode. Just, we're just going to apply it to this deck instead of the Xbox deck. So let's go ahead and start that now. Okay, here we go on our FAQ segment of this episode. And the first question that we have is what turn does this deck usually win by? Um, yeah, turn turn four is going to be your best case, like, you know, kind of god hand situation. Um, turn five is is consistently what you're going to look at. And uh, if it takes you longer than turn six, you're probably doing something wrong. Question number two, what are some of the good matchups and bad matchups for this deck? I don't think that this deck is like the best period, but it's definitely up there with something that's going to win more consistently than like our tier 1.5 decks or our tier 2 decks, right? So essentially, decks that tend to ignore combat or decks that kind of combo off without really worrying about the damage that's coming at your face is going to be our harder matchups. Some honorable mentions in there are going to be Convex. Spider Stall can typically 
give us kind of a hard time, and Mega City can definitely uh, give us a hard time. Some good matchups that we have is going to be the next New Brotherhood pooping out a Black Bolt in, especially in the visible area, right? Because if you just play Black Bolt in the concealed area, then yeah, uh, the next New Brotherhood can really run you over. But if you put him into play as like a wall, then suddenly a lot of those rush decks just have a really hard time dealing with you. That's going to be where we really overcome is going to be putting Black Bolt in, in the visible area. Question number three, what are some of the individual cards that hurt this deck? Flame Trap does not feel good, especially when you get out multiple Black Bolts. You know, that's why Professor X is in there. What's really funny is when they Flame Trap, they discard two cards and you bounce Professor X. You, uh, you three for one. That's, that's probably going to be uh, the best feeling in the world when you're playing this. Deck. I just realized, like, oh, I, I used three cards. Okay, return Professor X. Cancel your Flame Trap. Seems pretty good. So good. Another thing is total anarchy. Total anarchy. We we don't we don't do very well against that. You know, one of the main cards in Mega City that hurt this deck is Mad Hatter. Um, taking my Black Bolt really upsets me. It makes me want to cry. But so when they we, take it over, then their power and toughness equal to the characters they controlled in that, or and cards in their graveyard, right? I believe so. Yeah, but so, um, I mean, even then, especially with Mega City, like you're just KOing it to Poison Ivy anyway. Oh right. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's right. You know, Black Bolt is usually just totally cleared off the board, uh, regardless. That's those those are those are some of the big ones. Um, you know, treating Black Bolt as if it's like a rush deck, your typical rush cards, Sunfire, um, hot stuff, you know, things like that. Stuff that we've already talked about for for some of our rush decks that we've covered. Now um, you, by Sunfire you mean Firestar, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Firestar. Hey man, I haven't had my coffee today. You, you know. <laughs> You, that makes two of us, then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely, uh, you know, anytime you're looking at a one-cost character, when you're like, how do I deal with this? It's it's usually the same all around, you know, Flame Trap and, it, you know, the same stuff. But I'm telling you, though, Mikado Masha is the biggest buster. It It is not good. And I've tried doing this scenario where I'm like, oh, I'm going to put a BPRD signal device on Black Bolt, you know, or something like that. And mm-hmm. then when I go to equip it, they just mikado amasha in response and stuns my character and so i wound up taking it out because it wasn't <laughs> that's what would happen to me in the top eight against top eight decks they just pitch a mikado amasha and it hurt so yeah that's those those are the definitely some of the individual cards that hurt the deck for sure and don't forget absolute dominance <laughs> and reign of terror reign of terror doesn't feel good oh, either oh um, yeah that's true because yeah. if, if you have multiple guys out then they can like if you have three one drops out they can bounce oh all three gosh. yep yep clashing in three black bolts and then the marine of tearing is uh not good but you know again this is why we have professor x in there okay question four what are some budget options for this deck what are some budget options for this deck i don't know uh can you can you do budget options for this deck actually let me take what a look is, what at do you the, think let me take a look at the list real quick and yeah i'll kind of I'll kind of help you out with this too. Um, in order to define budget options, what exactly is a budget option? Is it that, you know, if there's cards that cost too much, you should play this instead? Or maybe it can also be cards that are kind of hard to find that, you know, maybe they're not so expensive, but you just can't find them because they're not available on online websites or people are just not selling them. But going with that, I think one budget option would be the you know, the Professor X is a hard card to find since he was in 
Marvel Evolution, which was a low print run set, so I could see cutting him out for maybe something different. I what what to put in, I don't know. But you know, you could definitely maybe take out uh, him for maybe like an alpha primitives or something like that. Sure. And sure. then and then if you wanted, to, you know, Lex Luthor is also kind of a hard card to find. You know, I could see maybe taking out him for like maybe either a different five drop, or you could play the three drop Morbius, the one that actually searches out for hypnotic charms. Yeah, you can do that. And then if you enemy on my enemy is another expensive card, but it's also really needed for the deck. So you can maybe take that out. Let me take this. Let me take this one. You ready? For enemy on my enemy, sure. All right. Vicarious Living would be a really good option. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember what it does off the top of my head, but I'll put a picture up on the YouTube channel. It's um so it's like enemy of my enemy, but it's basically like discard a card with a cost, search your deck for a card with the same cost. Oh, okay. Uh, discard a, a character with a cost, yeah. And obviously, we talked about it earlier, but definitely putting uh, Soul World in here might help as well. Soul, so. Yeah, Soul World would help. Dark Designs would be a good option. Oh, okay. That's from Marvel Knights, right? Uh, Marvel Team-Up, I think. Oh, you're right. Marvel Team-Up, that's right. Yeah, Exhausted Underworld character you control, draw two cards, and then discard a card. Oh, right, right, right. UN General Assembly is another idea. You may exhaust a JLI character you control, and if you do, search your deck for a character with two or more team affiliations. Reveal it and put it into your hand. And there's plenty of uh, characters that have two or more team affiliations in this deck. <laughs> you know, Batman Hidden Crusader, I believe, is JLI. Okay. He's JLI in Gotham Knights. Martian Manhunter founding member is as well. So if they're in the great, if they're in the KO pile, and then you have you have the hypnotic charms then you and General Assembly would actually be a really, really good tutor option for you instead of the straight-to-the-grave and enemy-of-my-enemy package, right. for sure. So the final question in our FAQ segment, the most popular one of all, if you could allow four copies of one band card in this deck, what would it be? And my answer is going to be Overload, as it always is for every single episode. Oh my goodness. Bring back Overload. Bring back Overload, yes. Overload you know, now with with Golden Age where it's at, I don't think Overload is really that big of a deal. Uh, what? I don't like. I just I, you know. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying like I don't. I mean, think I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing over you. I just, I'm just shocked <laughs> to hear this. I know. Like I, well, I think that you can. My point is, you can have it in the meta, and and it and you won't see such a such a change like we saw because I thought Savage Beatdown was the problem back then. Not overload. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, because that was the combo, right? They attacked you with like a, a three drop or something. And then you would savage beat down their character and then overload it. And then you'd stun it. Oh, right. And, uh, or, you know, especially against like Lost City, you know, they'd pump it up plus three plus three, you know, plus three plus three again on like a five drop. And then you would savage beat down their their character and overload it and and stunning a five drop like that just willy-nilly in combat is really really bonkers i'm just really shocked that they that they did that to to overload but not to savage beatdown or even ban both i wonder where versus would be if they banned both i don't i that'd be a totally different game i would think (laughs) i don't know if i would choose overload i don't know if i well 
I think I know what you would choose. I'm going to take a guess, but I'm going to say, would it still be the Dr. Light for this deck? Oof, I don't know. How many? How many? It's one or two drops, right? Yeah, it might be Dr. Light. Might yeah. be like just one copy of Dr. Light or something in here. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to try to make work. Maybe like, doesn't like Fiddler do something? Uh, probably. <laughs> no, I don't remember what that one does. The Fiddler. Oh, is he, is he the Morlocks guy? Uh, I might think of someone else. Is he like six, Secret Six or something? Oh, 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 that one. Oh, I'm thinking of Piper. That's who I'm. Ooh, yeah, I might, I might run the Fiddler. So you can discard a character card rather than paying Fiddler's recruit costs. <laughs> He's a one-one, and you can KO the Fiddler to return target character card from your KO pile to your hand. Oh, okay. Oh man, that would be amazing. Yeah, I'd, I would run one Fiddler and maybe one Doctor Light if I could have two. Okay, so definitely one of those two would be definitely interesting. I, I'm going to talk to my playgroup this weekend, and we might come up with a format where you can use, like, one copy of a band card or four copies of a band card, because I think it'd be yeah. really interesting to see what decks we can, you know, come up with. And like I, like I said, I think in the last episode, you know, I, I mentioned that my my answer for this question is always going to be overload until the, the one day my answer is actually going to change, and that's coming up pretty soon. So you're, you're going to see my new answer coming up in the, not, not the next episode, but the episode after that. So what is our next, what is our next episode? Okay. Well, actually, I guess I should say that we're about done with this episode and we talked about, you know, all the FAQs and the deck profiles and the strategies. So I think we're about done with this. So I believe the next deck on the list is going to be, the is it called quick voltage or high voltage yeah either way yeah it's it's called different by different people but yeah uh, voltage any voltage voltage variant is good yep i think that's the next one we'll talk about and so jacob is there anything else that you want to say before we sign off here no it, uh, the fans rock you guys you guys are amazing yes thank you everybody for the support and Make sure to catch us on Spotify and all the other listening platforms like Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcasts. And then also make sure to check out the YouTube channel if you want to see the actual visuals of the cards when we do our podcast and things like that. And there's also one other thing that I want to talk about. You know how I mentioned I was recording with a new mic yeah. for this episode? Well, yeah. Recording live from the Quantum Realm, it is the Golden Guardians versus System podcast. You should be able to fit that in somewhere and like really, really be able to uh, have like a an, an added intro. Yeah, that's a, it's a it's an echo effect actually built on the mic, so I was just kind of playing with it. Legit. <laughs> okay, so I'll just kind of do it right now. But thank you everybody else for tuning in to us, and we will see you all next time.